Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Snell Nation. I hope everyone has had a good week. I know it's been uh, it's been pretty busy over here, um, putting together furniture, organizing all that good stuff. But um, I hope everyone took some time to go out and get a little bit of air. It's another beautiful weekend. Uh, I myself got some running in, some rucking in, and all that good stuff. Trying to trying to get my speed, my get my uh, my athleticism back. I'm put. I'm, I'm almost forty. You know, I got to work a little bit harder. But anywho, thanks for coming. So this is another one of those you know moments where you're you're sitting, and um, you know, of course, we have nonstop shenanigans through our mainstream media through social media um our heads are, are are just constantly just being being pumped with a whole lot of noise um a lot of distractions red and circuses galore but every once in a while if you j- just step back breathe a little bit look at your surroundings you you just notice things and you know you, things that make you scratch your head and, and make you kind of wonder exactly you know what what's going on and uh there was this little <clears throat> article that popped up and uh, apparently the speaker of the house, uh, Nancy Pelosi had a secret meeting with Zelensky with uh, president Zelensky, uh, the Ukrainian president. And she <laughs> made a vow. America stands with Ukraine until victory is won. And she, she made a lot of, uh, Bold statements and uh, um, things that I guess you could even call them pledges. You know, we pledge broad economic, military, and humanitarian support for Ukraine's government. You know, I, I mean, just what we're, we're, we stand as an ally until Russia is defeated. You know, it's very aggressive. And of course, her uh, her head nodders, you know, they 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 backed up that that rhetoric and. Yeah, you know, and of course the media they they've done their their job of um painting the Russians in in the uh appropriate light, I guess you could say. Um and it's not hard to do. I mean, we've been pumped up to fear Russia for a long time. Uh it's kind of the same way with Iran, uh North Korea. You know, there's there's uh there's just a few a few places China <laughs> is another one. When it, whatever the boogeyman of the of the the week or the of the month, whatever the flavor is, they they've got some options, some some picks. So it's it's not hard to get the American the American people to be on board uh, with all kinds of uh, uh, shenanigans in that region. And we've been pushed and and pushed, and of course, there's a picture being painted of uh, President Zelensky. And um, I mentioned before in another podcast that just if you if you if you dig into uh, his background a little bit, you'll find that he uh, um, he's he's done some things within his country uh, while in his position that some may call the actions of a, a potential dictator or um, totalitarian actions. Um, but the mainstream media has, you know, he's our hero um, because we only can think in two sides. As I said before, we've been dumbed down so much. Um, that things have to be very simplistic. You know, it's just good versus evil. There can be no gray, you know, no gray area, no room for debate 
or uh, or analysis or discussion or anything like that. It just has to be this side is pure evil and has to be dealt with. And this side is is pure good. And that's what we support because we're the good guys uh, where it's it's rarely it's rarely that simple. And, you know, and I've seen people still do their whole, you know, hashtag stand with Ukraine, um, all that good stuff. And and I mean, I've seen plenty of that over the past you know 10 years. Where, you know, I stand with this, I stand with that, I stand with this, yada, yada, yada. Uh, most of the time, people don't have all the details. Um, and anyone who says that they do or that they do have all the facts, they're, they're lying to you because we're seldomly given all the facts. We're seldomly given the truth um, because that would slow the process down if, we, if it really was presented in that way. Um, because, you know, I, in all this... As I said before, I really I feel for the common citizen. I feel for the the working poor, the middle class, the poor poor, you know, the the individuals that are just just trying to like just get by, um, and have a, a meaningful existence and provide for their children and you know uh, and and keep to themselves and look out for their friends and family and their and their communities. Um, but they have these these politicians and um, and the individuals that fancy themselves as puppeteers, um, I guess, uh, encouraging them to take us down these, these dark paths where, you know, it creates a lot of misery for a lot of people and a lot of profit for a few people or a few organizations. And it just keeps happening over and over and over again. And I, I know I can't be the only one that feels um, like there's some familiar territory. There's, we're, we're entering in something that, you know, it's just, it feels so similar, uh, to some other things that have happened in recent years. But, and by that, I say, you know, 20 to 30 years within, within a bit of a bubble, let's say within, let's say within the past 30 years, but we, many of us feel it, but of course we're afraid to say it. Because, I mean, it's cancel cancel culture madness right now, still. And you you don't want to say anything that um, would make you look as though you've gone too far off the reservation. Because, you know, we we watch these these lively debates and all this energy and passion on particular topics. And people choose a side. But we never ask the question of, you know, who set the parameters on these topics and these conversations, you know, why is it that we can talk about these two angles? But if you bring up this third angle that is plausible and possible, then you get labeled or ostracized or isolated or canceled or whatever. And I feel like this is another one of those situations where it's either you're 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 with Ukraine or you're with the Russians and you're you're bad. You know, you're you're the enemy. And that's it. It's like, well, wait a minute. What what about there's there's option C where there's a great deal of corruption within the Kremlin. There's a great deal of corruption within the Ukrainian government as well. And the 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 common the common thread here are just a bunch of citizens that are going to suffer. You have Russian citizens that are suffering from all the sanctions and things like that because, you know, as we all know, I mean, what a sanction is or what sanctions are is just something to try and tempt people to uh, revolt against their leader. 
to try and starve and strangle um, uh, the, the middle class and the poor and the working poor um, and send them to the point where they where they feel like they have no choice, you know, but to overthrow their own government. And so outside entities don't really have to do any work. You know, so this isn't, you know, I, I'm afraid to break it to you, but Vladimir Putin is a billionaire president. And I'll, I mean, I, I listen to people, you know, talk about, hey, I, you know, you get a lot of products from over there. So aren't you going to, you know, do a boycott? I'm like, well, for what? Well, because of the war. Well, based on what? Oh, well, Fox News showed this and CNN showed this and MSNBC showed this. Oh, great. So you're basing your choices off of a perspective presented to you by known liars, degenerates, thieves, and crooks. I mean, organizations that have shown themselves to be incredibly dishonest and they have like decades long. <laughs> I mean, they have their own little rap sheet, you know, of all these incidences where they lie to the American people, where they lie to the, just the general public at large. And that's where you're getting your perspective from, your perspective on reality. And you're going to take action based on that. Well, I say that's dangerous, but um, go to town. I mean, it's it's your life, but I'm not doing that. I'm sorry. I, I have to um, I have to reserve judgment until I, I have the facts. And one big part of that is personal experience. And if I can't get that personal experience, then my, my judgment always has to be reserved. You know, I, I just... Uh, I'm 39 years old and, and just in the past 20 years, I mean, it's been lie after lie after lie, betrayal after betrayal after betrayal. And we, and we pivot to the next thing so quickly that we don't really get a chance to process what just happened or what the last crisis was or who, who started it or who benefited from it, you know, or, or trying to learn lessons from it. We just pivot to the next thing, you know, and, and this is a real mess. And now we, we've got, you know, Nancy Pelosi, where, you know, her and her husband, they're, they're, they're really raking in the money. And, you know, we, we can't go down the road of, you know, talking about the who benefits from all this. I mean, it's it's obvious you, you have the banks, you have the politicians, you have the defense contractors. And everything's woven together, but we have to pretend like, you know, this is some sort of crusade to save the poor uh, Ukrainian people. And that's, that's, that doesn't seem to be the general uh, um, motivation of some of these people. I mean, you have, you have politicians that sit on uh, defense subcommittees that hand out government contracts, um, but then they also own shares of, in Boeing and Lockheed Martin and Raytheon and General Dynamics and General Electric and, you know, all these different companies. And that's not seen as a conflict of interest. Nancy Pelosi and her husband are just very deep. They've got, they're sitting pretty good. I mean, they have a net worth of, I think, of a quarter of a billion dollars. It's probably a little bit more by now. But they have tons of investments in, in tech company, companies, pharmaceutical companies, defense contractors, all that stuff. And we can't ask that question. We can't we can't investigate that angle. Hey, let's make sure um, that there isn't a conflict of interest with members of Congress and the decisions they're making, you know, with 
donations they receive from defense contractors. They receive donations. And then they also have stock investments and things that they have to think about too. Because those things are impacted. And they have their opportunities to make a lot of money. Which is why nearly 60% of them, members of Congress, are millionaires. And a majority of them didn't start out as millionaires. It wasn't until they got their job. It wasn't until they got (laughs) to that top tier and could impact legislation, that could impact law, that they just magically, they just became millionaires. And yes, we have things like the, um, doggone it, the Stock Act of uh, in 2012. It's, I think it started in, in 2008, but 20, 2012. So we have that thing. It's supposed to ensure there's no insider trading. But that's another one of those things. It's something that was written up to be very aggressive and had a lot of teeth, became law. And then, you know, a year later, they made it, make all these adjustments to it and add all these loopholes where people can, you know, they their, their spouse can have shares or this person can hold their shares and they can do this. And there's so many different games, you know, and we can't we can't question that. We can't question that um, that motivation, you know, and 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 how that could impact policy, domestic and, and international policy, how that could impact our approach to dealing with this, this conflict between Russia and the Ukraine. I mean, we've already, how much aid have we uh, approved? Uh, let's see. Let's see. So end of March, it was 13.6 billion. Um, and there were some additional, uh, there were some additional supplies and, and funds that were kind of thrown um, in, in April. Which it looks like it's broken down is uh, 6.9 billion in traditional federal aid, 3.5 billion in military supplies, 3 billion um, in uh, U.S. military de- well deployments and intelligence, and 176 million enforcing sanctions and other aid. So you have that, and then an additional 800 million um, in U.S. security aid, package of just different equipment, weapons, all that kind of stuff. You know, so you have all that going on. And I mean, it's based on what we've seen thus far over the past 20 years. That's just a drop in the bucket, really. I mean, there was, what, 2.3 trillion spent in Iraq and which amounted to to very little, really. Over 3 trillion in Afghanistan. You guys remember that? That whole fiasco, that, that insane exit? where the only people that were really held accountable were anyone who stepped up and said, Hey, I think people need to be held accountable (laughs) for how this happened August last year. I know, you know, uh, you know, attention span of a goldfish. Yes. That that's where we are now, but that wasn't that long ago. $3 trillion. $14 trillion over a 20 year period. From 2002 to 2022, $14 trillion, with a majority of that going towards the defense budget, and a majority of that, a pretty big chunk, I think it was 60, 65%, were dished out in defense contracts. So those were high times for for Boeing and Lockheed Martin and General Dynamics and and Honeywell Aerospace. And, And a lot of those CEOs 
if you go to the individual CEOs and you look at the packages and, and the bonuses they received each year and you start from 2002 and you walk it forward, I mean, they did very well. I mean, we pretty much paid for it. The taxpayers, it was, we foot the bill, which seems to be the trend these days. But uh, yeah, but no, 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 we can't, we can't, we can't tie those things together or ask those questions. You know, we, we can only sit around. We can watch our sports. We can uh, take our pharmaceutical drugs, drink our alcohol and, um, and, and just sit and we can argue about social issues. And that's it. Oh, well, and whatever the media just decides to uh, just just package and, and, and sit in our laps and and they give us our talking points and we pick our sides like a football game and then we just run with it from there. Meanwhile, a handful of people and a few organizations just walk away with a couple trillion more dollars. <laughs> you know, I mean, at this point, does it even matter? When you see those numbers and you see, you know, the, the, the debt is, you know, twenty nine trillion dollars and we have to raise the debt ceiling or, or else we're going to default. <laughs> it's like, well, we, we ended the we ended the the gold standard in, in 1971. Now, there were a couple other times where it was it was paused, but we we severed ties. The final final strings were cut to the gold standard in 1971. So now it's just it's it's a, a dying fiat currency. That has lost almost 99% of its value um, over the, the past 70, 80 years. Um, and it's nothing but just a, a, a financial shell game creating the illusion of value at this point. And it's just nothing but faith. And it's the global currency backed by faith. And no one wants to question that. We just keep our heads in the sand and you know, don't want to ruffle any feathers or make any waves, you know, and don't want to get in trouble. Don't want to be disobedient or anything, you know, have to have to be good little boys and girls, you know, and just follow whatever the narrative says. Don't want to be labeled a conspiracy theorist for asking questions, even though they're warranted and relevant questions. And this whole Ukraine and, and uh, Russia war, it's I feel like it's another one of those things. And eventually it'll it'll die down and um, enough money will be funneled through this process, through the bureaucracy, and, and some people will uh, fill their pockets and walk away. And the, the, the poor, the working poor and the middle class in this country and the Ukraine and, and Russia and Europe and Germany and, and France and Australia and, and plenty of other places, uh, nothing will change for us or it'll get a little worse for us. Um, and that uh, that wealth gap will continue to grow, which coincidentally, that that gap tends to grow with with government growth. Um, but that's another thing that we can't really dig too deep into um, uh, because that would, uh, you know, you can't have the American people doing too much thinking. Then, you know, they start to worry, start to ask questions, they start making demands like they own something, you know, and. Can't have that. Can't have that. Just just argue about uh, uh, talk about the uh, the Will Smith, Chris Rock slap. I think that's still trending a little bit, you know, or no, it's the the Johnny Depp, uh, Amber Heard case. Yeah, let's t let's you know focus on that. You know, leave all the important stuff to the, to the intelligent class, the the elite class. And, you know, you just fumble around and 
you know, go to your job, pay your taxes, have your kids, buy your products, and then die. You know, it's, you know, so it's, that seems to be where we are. Don't analyze anything. Just like when, if, if you look at the most popular investments in Congress, I mean, that's easy to find. It took me five seconds to look it up. And you look at the, the, the top stocks, of course, you have Apple, Microsoft, sure, you have your tech companies. Um, and then, then you have your banks. <laughs> you know, you have your Bank of America, Visa, MasterCard, all that good stuff. Wells Fargo. And then just a few, few little ticks down here. You have Pfizer, you know, and Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson, you know, the just big pharma in general, funneled hundreds of millions of dollars through donations, you know, through lobbyists. Nope, don't worry. That doesn't that. There's no way that impacted policy um, over the past two years and dealing with. Um, uh, vaccines and things of that nature. You know, I mean, just like, you know, 51 members of Congress owning stocks in defense contractors, you know, that, and they sit on subcommittees that hand out those contracts. Nope. That, nope. Nope. Nothing to see here. Don't worry about it. You know, <laughs> and every couple of years, these defense contractors, they, they send in their lobbyists to swarm uh, Capitol Hill and poke and prod to make sure um, that the defense budget just keeps creeping closer and closer towards a trillion dollars. And we're getting pretty close. We, you know, we just we just keep going up and up and up and up with not no real explanation, but uh, we just shrug our shoulders and keep our heads down and say, Hey, that's, that's just the way it is. You know, this, this is a free and fair democracy and, you know, or a constitutional Republic. And that's, that's just how constitutional Republics are, you know, cause we're, we're free and all that good stuff. But, you know, maybe we can just, you know, trust members of Congress. I mean, it, They've shown themselves, many of them, to be liars and corrupt and, you know, degenerates and some use drugs and all kinds of stuff. Um, and some have some some uh, some legal issues in the areas of, of sex. That seems to be a real issue um, in D.C. But uh, no, no, don't don't question that or anything. Just, you know, just roll with it. But anyway. I just wanted to share some of my thoughts. I mean, I, I saw some stuff on social media about this little secret meeting and there were quite a few people that were talking about it. Like it was this, this grand gesture and, you know, and Oh, the, the speaker of the house, you know, and one of the most powerful, you know, people in this country, you know, just, just made a pledge that we're, 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 we're in it, you know? So, and it feels like it's nothing more than like a money laundering pivot, you know, well, we can't, do much else with Iraq and it's done and Afghanistan, I guess. Yeah. We, 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 we've uh, pillaged and plundered and, you know, made a, a ton of money uh, there. So, all right, where are we going to go now? Oh, look at that. This inevitable uh, conflict between uh, Russia and the Ukraine, which if you walk it back and you walk it back, mm, 
if you go back about about 20, maybe 23 years, and you follow Vladimir Putin's, uh, his rise, and you'll see some interesting things that'll make you question and wonder, like, okay, is some of this stuff being instigated? Some of these conflicts being instigated? Eh, you know, who, who knows for sure? But it's something that I think is worth exploring. You know, I mean, eh, it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. You know, it doesn't hurt to be curious, to ask relevant questions, to dig a little bit. I mean, it's, it's difficult when majority of our sources are, are compromised and, and tainted um, and pretty much anything in the mainstream media. I mean, it's you're wasting your time because it's going to be just a whole lot of fluff and a whole lot of um, aggressive propaganda and aggressive spin. Um, but and this is no different. This this is no different. You know, so like always. Step back, take a deep breath. Take a break from the screens and, and things like that and, and all the noise and, and, and just look at things, you know, and ask yourself some honest questions, you know, is, um, is, is this all there is? Is this as good as things can be? You know, am I, am I uh, maximizing my potential? Am I getting the most out of my life? And, you know, am I free? You know, am I in a free and fair environment? And, that cultivates growth and education and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So just, yeah, take some time, get some air, get some sunshine, you know, all that stuff, you know, all those natural things that are free for right now. You know, take advantage of those things because who knows what tomorrow will bring. Anyway, I'm going to jump off. Thanks for listening in. Thank you for all your support. Snell Nation out. <laughs>